Hello Forever Family. My name's Shannon. I'm the recovery pastor. And today I want to talk to you about the recovery step that is confess, where we confess with our heart. So there are many steps that we go through in recovery where we're doing self-reflection. And we have to go through the self-reflection before we can go through a reset process. So in this episode, we're going to talk about confess. And the next one, we're going to talk about um, jumping from confess to admit. And then the episodes following that, we're going to talk about what it means to reset ourselves, mind, body, and soul, uh, mind, body, and spirit. So this is kind of like a little series, uh, but this one today, this one's called Confess. So if we look at the scripture from 1 John 1, 9, it says, If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. You know, the words in, the, in scripture, they hold different meaning going through different time periods. So I really want to focus in first on the word unrighteousness. Okay, so when we look up the definition um, and look at it as an adjective, it is vicious and wicked passion. All right, so we're going to kind of like play on words today. So we went from unrighteousness and the definition is vicious and wicked passion. Okay, so passion comes from the heart. And when you are passionate about something, then this, this shows through everything that we do. So when we are passionate about anything, it shows that we have strong beliefs or strong feelings. So again, unrighteousness, vicious and wicked passions. So passions come straight from the heart. Our actions come straight from the heart. So when you look at someone's actions, especially our own actions, it comes straight from the heart. And if our heart is full of unrighteousness, vicious and wicked passions, then we have to go through some self-reflection. Because whatever you're passionate about, your heart will be consumed by it. So most people do not set out to be passionate about being unrighteous. They don't set out with this great passion to be vicious and wicked. And they definitely don't set out to be passionate about destruction and chaos. And I'm talking about babies. When, when babies are born and they're starting to learn, this is not instilled at that point because we have to experience vicious and wicked or we have to experience destruction and chaos. And let's be honest, most people are born and most people today still have a passion in their heart for living in a world that's full of peace, okay? It's, it's the sin of the world that comes in and makes an imprint on our hearts. So somewhere along the way, unrighteousness entered our lives, the hurt takes control, and not only does it take control, it sits in the driver's seat. And then our lives become a byproduct of hurt and viciousness. Now, you know, some people will say, I'm not going to let you in to my life because I've been hurt, and all you're going to do is hurt me more. 
Some people will keep you at a distance because it's safer that way. They don't even want to have a conversation because they've been hurt so bad. Some people might even go as far as saying, I'm going to hurt you before you hurt me because if I hurt you, you'll leave me alone. This is all defense mechanisms, but it's so sad that we feel like we have to keep people at more than an arm's distance from us because we have experienced the vicious and wicked passions of hearts, the unrighteousness. You know, our our heart is filled with many things, and those things are supplied by the world. Anything supplied by the world will cause infection and wounds. Those grow in our hearts over time, and that is where it becomes vicious and wicked. You know, also, Scripture calls it unrighteous and and it's because these things hold us prisoner. We don't walk around saying unrighteous, unrighteous, unrighteous. But we do, you know, I've heard people and I've even said, wow, that is just vicious. That is just such a wicked heart. But they still hold us prisoner. We try to hide it by being nice and putting a smile on our face while our hearts may be filled with just vicious thoughts. Vengeful thoughts are also vicious thoughts. But remember that our actions reveal the motives of our hearts. No matter how hard we try to cover it up, it always reveals the motives of our hearts. So there are, there are three weapons that I believe the enemy uses to keep us imprisoned. So the first weapon is fear. It's the unpleasant emotions caused by the belief that someone or something is dangerous to us. It's the belief that something will cause pain or be a threat to us. You know, this is like the seed of doubt that the enemy plants in our hearts. We doubt the motive of other people. We doubt the loyalty of other people. We doubt the integrity of other people. We even doubt the worth of of other people as they see us, not their worth, but the worth that they see us. So we want to keep them at a distance. Our hearts become so consumed by this that we call it in recovery, stinking thinking. Fear holds us prisoner. The second weapon that the enemy uses is guilt. You know, the fact of of having committed a specific or implied crime is what guilt is. Hurt people will hurt other people. I know you've heard it called a vicious cycle before, but it's true. The vicious acts that that we set into motion, that's when we become the enemy's tool. He uses us to inflict hurt on other people. He uses us to plant seeds of doubt and fear. Again, I'll hurt you before you hurt me. I keep you at a distance so you can't hurt me. Or how many times have you said to yourself, I'll make fun of myself first so your words don't hurt me. Guilt holds us prisoner. The third tool of the enemy is shame. Now this is a painful feeling of humiliation or distress. This is caused by the consciousness of wrong or foolish behavior. Shame keeps us from looking people in the eye. We imagine how worthless we are to all of those other people. No one tells you 
that you're worthless. But we will say to ourselves, they treat me like I'm worthless. You know, shame is an automatic rock bottom when it comes to all the weapons. Shame holds us prisoner. And these three tools are what the enemy uses against us. When we're held prisoner, our hearts become spiritually sick. Just as we give a child chicken noodle soup when they're sick, confession of the heart is like spiritual chicken noodle soup to the soul. These three weapons, while they're used by the enemy and they keep us in captivity and they hold us prisoner, they have counter weapons. These are the weapons the enemy doesn't want you to know about. He doesn't want you to know that they are readily there all around us. These weapons will release us from our prison and set us free. So the first counter weapon, that's repentance. Repentance is the act of sincere regret and remorse. It is the act of, re, of reviewing all of our actions. These actions, remember, come straight from our heart. So we have to do self-reflection of the contents of our own hearts. You know, it's the, it's the act of turning from our sin. It's the act of dedicating our hearts to clean living. Or in other words, in recovery, we say no more stinking thinking. It's the act of asking God to remove all of our unrighteous thoughts and to cleanse our hearts. This, my friend, is the beginning step of being set free from our prison of fear. The healing process will begin right here. Now the second counter weapon is reconciliation. It is the act of restoration in relationships. Now, that's not only our, our worldly relationships with our friends and our families. It's also our relationship with God. It's the act of making my views and beliefs line up with the beliefs of another. It's the act of asking God to help us through this journey by aligning us in obedience to His will. Confession of the heart means admitting our wrongs against others through our own actions. We've acted viciously. We've hurt other people. And as a result, the hurt continues in a vicious cycle. This reconciliation, this is the next step in being set free from our prison of guilt as the healing continues. Now, the third counter weapon is redemption. It is the act of being saved from our sin and evil. It is to regain possession of something that was lost. Just like the song says, I once was lost, but now I'm found. Redemption is a clearing of debt. The humiliation of shame is removed. Our kingdom value is restored because our debt was paid when Christ went to the cross. Our purpose changes from hurting people hurt people to healed people help people. Now, confession is a process. We must confess to ourselves, to God, and to someone our trust. And it's hard to start confessing to ourselves because we use the excuse, well, I know what I did. But I want you to stand in a mirror right there in front of it 
and look your own self in the eye and verbally say what you have done. When you talk to God, I want you to verbally hear yourself tell God what you've done. Because scripture says, confess to ourselves, God, and someone we trust. When a secret is revealed, it's no longer a weapon to use against us. It can no longer be used to keep us prisoner. Now, the stress of being a prisoner for fear, guilt, and shame, these can also have physical implications. But remember, confession of the spiritually sick heart is like chicken noodle soup to a sick body. It does a body good. So I have a question for you. Are you sick and tired of being sick and tired? How are you living? What will you be known for? And I'll tell you that answer. You will be known for the things you do repeatedly. So when you think about that, is it time for you to do a spiritual house cleaning? You can't call a cleaning service for this. You have to pick up your own broom. And when you get to the point where you're sick and tired of being sick and tired, I know the ultimate physician who is always on call. So regardless where you're at, what you're going through, I would like for you to sit for a moment and reflect. Reflect on today, maybe reflect on yesterday, but your recent actions. Because what we do repeatedly, we will be known for. And when we leave this earth, the only thing we truly leave behind is our name. So how will people remember your name? As we close out this episode of Confess, confess with our whole heart. I pray that God's hand of calm and discernment and peace rest upon you as you work the step of recovery of confession. Always remember, speak life, be a blessing, put your faith feet into action to cause a ripple effect. And until next time, much agape, everybody.